chapter ten of transition this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. transition by emma francis brooke chapter ten when littleton stretched out his hand for a match to apply to his bedroom candle it trembled a little he is partly right said he staring thoughtfully at the wick a mind made up is a force in itself now i have never been able to distinguish whether the scene in the rectory garden was the beginning of the union of souls or the precise reverse he took up the candle but did not move off it guttered in his hand and sent flickering lights and shadows about the room while he mentally ran up and down every possible gamut of doubt and hesitation the memory of the tumultuous heart-beating half pleasant half painful with which he had involuntarily greeted honora's appearance in the hall still warmed him he felt the attraction of a personality which could so disturb his own at the same time hearts are known to leap at the advent of a foe as well as of a friend the great thing thought littleton is to distinguish unlike his friend sheridan whose power of swift decision was a great saving of time and friction both to himself and others the processes of littleton's mind were not quick he hung back from self-committal and was far too prone not only to hesitation but to going back on his own words and thoughts and discovering that he did not agree with them caution in short was a predominant quality combined with an introspective turn and it occasioned a slowness in his movements and exterior characteristics which was useful as modifying a tendency to be direct in manner even to brusqueness his conversation with honora in the rectory had precipitated an event for which he had long been preparing after that event he had not forgotten her but had kept himself acquainted with her main movements and unconsciously treasured every bit of news about her still his mind had hardly as yet travelled beyond surmise those uncomplimentary words about her in the ear of his friend marking perhaps its advance as sheridan had interpreted it towards the stage of debate for littleton's anxiety and agitation had certainly at present no reference to a doubt concerning the state of honora's mind towards himself his heart history had so far not nearly reached such a phase it was caused by a doubt about his own in his opinion the finding of any heart-friend is its own reward without the superaddition of crowning happiness and it was quite within the quality of his hesitating character to plunge at last either in love or friendship with a generous rashness and to hold to his choice with a self-respecting constancy regardless of return the heart once decided the mind made up neither man nor woman he thought whatever the outcome can fail to draw up precious rewards from this deliberate leap into human experience 
the first great thing is to discriminate said he the second is a liberal venture the banging of a door in some nether region of the house and reverberating through all the sleeping stories recalled him to his position to the guttering candle the extinguished fire and lamps and the common custom of going to bed he started and walked forward mechanically the change of posture was accompanied by a determination to call on honora and see for himself to what phases of character an altered experience had brought her as he slowly undressed he asked himself whether he had behaved altogether squarely by her in concealing his own gradual change of view finally he came to the unusual resolve of making a full confession it brought him into a great heat to think of it for the unburdening of the mind was a difficult thing to this reticent man particularly when he suspected that his confidence would be received without sympathy still when he had once come to a conclusion with him it was final besides he argued i am already found out leslie called at the high school after particular inquiries from lucilla as to when the headmistress was likely to be in and at liberty he was shown upstairs to her private room and the door being opened he caught a glimpse of a writing-table strewn with books and papers and the figure of honora familiar and yet unfamiliar bending over it with rather dishevelled hair he had an impression of a good deal that was tasteful and womanly in the room and of a green plant or two throwing a cool shadow honora turned at the opening of the door mr littleton's name was announced oh cried she springing to her feet and standing quite still to stare at him with burning cheeks and a face full of memories leslie advanced into the room and immediately and unconsciously and in a very pretty feminine manner she put up both hands to smooth her ruffled hair leslie's eyes smiling and softened followed the movement of the hands how do you do mr littleton said honora recovering herself suddenly and taking a step towards him please sit down her eyes shone a little leslie seated himself and she took a chair opposite after her multifarious experiences in london she remarked the rough coat and wide boots less and the kindness of a friend's face more it is a long time since we met said leslie is it said honora unless you include the other night of course he returned hastily you were at the lecture so were you retorted honora blushing i came in ignorance with a friend leslie perceived that they were already in antagonistic attitudes and launched upon a conversation that seemed likely to prove a fencing match but he was not ill-pleased it had a flavour of intimacy but it was inviting rather than dangerous he was bent upon discovery and also upon that more serious experiment of confession and he wished to avoid all emotion a surprising realization of her beauty and wholesomeness seemed to threaten him with difficulty on that point in the first moment well said he slowly and carefully to tell the truth i am always there that surprises me returned honora as gravely as though he had owned to some wrong-doing oh why should you feel surprised at it because i thought the lecture detestable and the debate noisy and absurd though there were some clever speeches of course i'm afraid i must confess myself in agreement with the tendency of thought even in the worst speech returned leslie doggedly 
is that so yes it is so honora leaned forward in her chair to look at him more closely does this mean that you are a declared socialist yes said leslie it means that honora turned her head away and stretched her hand towards a vase full of chrysanthemums and autumn leaves touching and rearranging the blossoms with a preoccupied air she wished to accentuate her detachment from any personal concern in mr littleton's affairs but her lips were closed in disapproval let me try and relate my experience said leslie certainly said honora placidly leslie would have given something for a warm and encouraging glance he felt that he needed his confidence to be met taken by the hand and run with all the way but he received nothing of the kind he was conscious of a painful difficulty in beginning and spoke in effect throughout to a slightly flushed cheek a handsome coil of hair and fingers glancing through the flowers he told her of the half unconscious changes that had been initiated within himself even while at the university and of those private studies which had resulted in a silent though profound revolt against the official economics taught there something of this revolt he said had lain at the bottom of his refusal of a fellowship and of his determination to find independent employment in london he informed her that he had set himself to seek information concerning the new school of economists rising just then into notice and influence within the metropolis this new school struck him as a necessary growth thrown off from the soil of the city he saw it as an indigenous product of thought from the mingled constituents that make up london from the depths and heights of life the immense scope and variety of experience the jostling within its circuit of every gradation between the extremes of cultivated existence and of dolorous disease it could scarcely surprise me said he to find how many young and audacious thinkers have thrown their ability and vigour into this line of thought neither could i wonder at the originality with which they touched their subjects fresh as i was from cambridge it came to me indeed as an unloosing of bonds how could their thought be anything but fresh and true when it fed continually on the changing aspects of the real life that lay close to their ordinary everyday existence i felt inevitably it must succeed because it had life in it it was a genuine utterance to meet a genuine need i saw from the very beginning that they were winning and must win their way one day he continued i heard for the first time a lecture from paul sheridan our friend of the other evening in him i saw indeed a son of the city's soil and what more widely human can we find than a mind that has within it so much of the essence of a great city his faith in the redemptibility of his fellows his determination to compass it if it might be to give up his life to working to that end not philanthropically not in any benevolent fuss but out of the force and directness of his thought and character all this together with the heart of truth in his arguments as to workable methods won my conscience and established an influence over my actions i sought and made his acquaintance i suppose that from this particular lecture onwards my course was shaped towards one day throwing in my lot with him and his colleagues but honora it was your telling me your father's story that finally and irrevocably clenched my resolve 
this was the moment for the scales to fall from honora's eyes she re-read the interview in the rectory garden at a glance when she realized how futile her appeal had been how ludicrously mistaken she experienced a sharp stab of pity for her bygone self after one vivid blush she became paler is this altogether kind she murmured i was not perhaps quite square with you in the past i am trying now to make amends said leslie thank you said honora coldly it was her bit of revenge to put aside the interesting topic of her own feeling as irrelevant now tell me she continued is this on your part irrevocable yes he replied irrevocable then she withdrew her hand from the flowers turned her head and looked him in the face with a full and deliberate scrutiny this she reflected was the second man who within the year had confided to her ear a recital of his experience what had taken them that they danced after will-o'-the-wisps in this fashion on another count she was perplexed when one has black-marked an opinion with one's own discredit it is not an uncommon error to suppose that one's friends will show timidity or at least a delicate reserve in owning up to it that they at any rate will have the civility to hedge and prevaricate no hint of the kind was in leslie's manner just now indeed as her scrutiny continued he responded by an open-eyed smile am i forgiven said he oh yes she returned but you know all that you have been telling me sounds rather vague and i was utterly unprepared for such a disclosure you were surprised then to see me at the lecture indeed i was surprised not only so it was a shock dear me the whole thing struck me as an absurd and noisy scene and to see you there you sitting and ringing that little bell her tone changed suddenly from icy placidity to warmth well yes i do sit there sometimes and ring that little bell when it is useful but what did you think of the lecture i think that it is easy to be effective when the matter is inflammatory said she as to the lecturer i consider him detestable he made me furious lucilla introduced us afterwards why what is that his manners to be sure i always thought sheridan particularly courteous oh dear me nobody likes to be made of no account i am sorry if he offended you had you said anything yes which he immediately proved to be foolish leslie laughed you ought not to complain of that why should you object if he put you right honora sniffed leslie pulled his moustache while his eyes laughed above it how about the greek myths said he to change the subject gone with a good deal of other absurdity said honora valorously lost and mislaid in this workaday world at this moment littleton fancied that he suddenly saw round the baffling corner of her nature and his heart bounded pleasantly your present position suits you then he asked eager for further discovery very much so indeed let me tell you that i like the independence of it she settled herself in her chair and turned her head in a self-possessed manner she wished him to know that she could do without him quite well and should never appeal to him again note that opportunity was dropped irrevocably into the region of the lost gone for him for ever 
never mind me she added as one who can afford to belittle herself go on about this socialism of yours leslie returned to the subject nervously this independent woman was a different creature from the girl who had tried to coax him into helping her to achieve mere notoriety he found her much more powerful and impressive and admired her more let any one exchange affectation for reality for ever so short a time and it will be found instantaneously effective what more have i to say he replied really honora i have made a thoroughly clean breast of it this time but i want to know all sorts of things things that grow round about it i'm sure your motives are all right of course but i'm nothing if not practical and i want to know what it all tends oh i don't know that i can prophesy well just tell me this was that gathering last night a fair sample of a socialist audience i think so yes sometimes you may get a more turbulent assembly of course dear me does it strike you that there was any infusion of conceit probably why not it generally sounds conceited when people very firmly say what they know they want and what they are determined to get she smiled musingly people are so accustomed to hearing others hedge and defer to authority he added she had her hands now on either arm of the chair and was moving her palms slowly over the smooth surface her head leaned back she was looking at him under her eyelids you talk so differently from what you used to do said she in a low rich voice do i perhaps i am changed i think you too changed honora you know she continued i used to think there were such ambitions open to you did you indeed leslie shook his head with rather sad-eyed firmness of course there may be something more in this socialism than appears if the socialists for instance became a great political party leslie laughed we are a mere handful said he a handful of determined men can move the world that is so at times he said honora are you hankering after the theatrical effect of a violent revolution only if successful she replied promptly what an extremely feminine idea this is said leslie musingly and crushing his soft hat in his hands the revolution or the success the violent revolution i assure you at once i do not want anything of the kind but i do like things to be practical and successful i can see no use at all in vague ideas do you not i think they form the ground for action in the next generation i'm afraid i hardly care to be general servant to posterity you want to rule in this said leslie smiling of course i do and you you might be a great leader i suppose since you have chosen this path i nothing of the sort i assure you honora there never was a more mistaken idea then i give it up this is indeed a visionary vision i don't understand in the least what you are driving at or why you have adopted it i consider it all highly unsatisfactory leslie littleton sat silent smiling rather absently he was noting that she had called him by his christian name but the tones of her voice seemed rather to indicate an assumption of equality than an access of tenderness i suppose she continued i shall learn more about london in time this queer queer london i believe it to be full of cranks as for myself frankly i am absorbed in my work 
still i will get lucilla to take me about with her and show me things lucilla belongs to london as the gammons belong to paris i suspect that she is a crank too but i love lucilla she threw her head back and laughed the laugh is the point of danger but honora looked a very comely creature laughing thus musically and gently with flashing white teeth between her lips leslie was a little sore at the cheerful indifference in which his solemn confidence had been received but her presence her atmosphere cheated him at last even out of that sensation there was he felt sure no quarrel between them now and that at least was a satisfaction so you do like your work you are content he said as he rose his grasp tightening nervously on his hat i like it and i am content oh how very very angry i was with you but after all you were right how furious one is with the person who is right while one is wrong but it is all forgiven now i have found my fitting place the work as far as i myself go is precisely what suits me the voice was brisk and decided laughter was still in her eyes he smiled as he took her hand and murmured that he would see her again but once outside he became grave and asked himself whether he had made the least progress in his journey of discovery when he had gone she gave a little skip in the air and clapped her hands above her head she looked all joyous life and girlish beauty the ripples of her laughter seemed to run over her figure on the whole she was very much satisfied with herself and with the interview after so many humble dishes it had been a tasty thing moreover she had learnt new and interesting facts about herself the meeting with leslie revealed the advantage she had gained through her firm step into independence why of course she cried i belong to myself now exactly as he belongs to himself there is not that to choose between us here she snapped two pairs of white fingers over her head her uplifted face laughing between i need not ask him nor father nor any one i am what i am and can stand to it End of chapter ten